what's up and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is powered by Stickin' Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. If you haven't gotten the chance to check out Stickin' Ball, they've got some awesome stuff going on. Weekly videos from some of the top coaches in the world in baseball and softball. And if you've got a growth mindset, it's a no-brainer. Check them out at Stick and Ball TV or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. Today's episode is sponsored by What About Baseball? It's no secret that we live in a world with constant electronic distractions. Families are spending less time together and kids often can't look up from their devices. But What About Baseball is here to help. What About Baseball is a family-owned, baseball-centric business whose focus is on providing the best baseball toys, games, and accessories to bring friends and family back together to bond over our great sport of baseball. Starting with the best-selling Classic Edition board game, What About Baseball offers fun and exciting gameplay for fans of all levels, from beginner to expert. Whether you want to teach someone about the basics of counting balls and strikes, or deciding if you should call a suicide squeeze, What About Baseball's Classic Edition board game is a proven winner and has the reviews to prove it. Even better, it's also made right here in the USA. What About Baseball would like to reward Ahead of the Curve listeners 20% off of their best-selling board game and free shipping. Go to whataboutbaseball.com backslash curve to get your special offers. Today's show features Matt Parker, head baseball coach at Eastern Junior College in Wilberton, Oklahoma. Matt started in 2008 as the head coach and year one, they were 25 and 23. Last year's COVID year, they were 19 and four, nationally ranked and leading the league when they were shut down. And this year, they are 26 and three, nationally ranked and leading the league at the time of this recording. Before Eastern, Matt took over the Oklahoma Wesleyan baseball program and took it to new heights, breaking records and turned the Eagles into an NAIA regional power and national contender. They won four conference championships, two NAIA championships, and he was a three-time conference coach of the year and two-time ABCA region coach of the year. So on the show, we talk about how he implemented a championship vision to two programs on two different levels, which includes standards on and off the field, consistent reflection, and building players on three levels, on the field, off the field, and in the classroom. You're going to love this episode with Matt Parker. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Jonathan, I appreciate you having us, man. Of course, of course. And so I'm, I'm really excited because one, you're in my neck of the woods and you guys are doing a tremendous job this year. And I think that the text that you sent me, you guys are 26 and three and rolling at the time of this recording. And, and it's, it's been really interesting because, you know, I, I actually wanted to go to Eastern whenever I was in high school and that was when AT was there and, and, uh, and he recruited better players than me and they were very successful. So I've, I've always had like an affinity towards Eastern baseball because I know that, that they, that they're a really good program and a really good region and, uh, and, and you've continued that success as well. But I do want to kind of rewind a little bit, uh, to year one, which was a couple of years ago, you were very successful. You and your staff were very successful at Oklahoma Wesleyan. And then you decided to make the transition to Eastern. And so tell us a little bit, and you could, you could pick either one, which, which is Oklahoma Wesleyan or Eastern. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your vision when you started. So, Again, I don't know which direction that you want to go, but uh, but tell us a little bit about like that transition from being an assistant coach to head coach, and then like whenever you transition from a four year school to a two year school. So a lot of that is in there, but I'm, I'm gonna let you roll with it, and then I'll kind of direct you from there. But uh, excited, and, and let's hear what you have to say. Sure, man, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, going from assistant coach to head coach. You know, I was uh, I'm an Arkansas guy, uh, born and raised uh, in Searcy, Arkansas, so. Uh, you know, I'd made a quick trip around the world uh, and, and was the, the recruiting uh, guy at California Baptist University with Gary Adcock, um, you know, right before coming uh, back to Oklahoma Wesleyan. And, uh, you know, I was the assistant there. And, and I joked that uh, when I took the job at Oklahoma Wesleyan, you know, I was I was the I was I was the boss, man. I was ready to be the boss. I was 27. You know, I was uh, I was the man um, 30 minutes into my first day. I realized I was not the man uh, and I was not ready for this job. Uh, you know, it was a lot easier to make uh, decisions over there in the little chair uh, than it was to uh, to make those head coach decisions. So I've since called and apologized to uh, every uh, head coach that I worked for 
uh, and said, man, I, I could have been a better assistant. Uh, I didn't realize you guys were actually trying to do all that stuff. I, I thought I was was doing all that work and uh, and all of that. So I owe those guys a, a huge apology and, and uh, um, you know, thank you for letting me do what I did. Uh, but that was the, the, the big transition was just realizing, you know, how, how difficult it was, uh, you know, and, and like I said, being at 27, I, I thought I was ready and then was not ready, uh, you know, but, uh, but luckily I'd been around some, some great head coaches and, and, and seen some things. So, you know, I think there was, was an easier transition because I had had great uh, models uh, and, and saw what guys did and, and how they did certain things. And, you know, so, so we tried to, to obviously the, on the field, the answer is, you know, what was the vision? Well, uh, I came from California Baptist where we made a trip to the world series in 2010 and had a chance in 2011 to go back and, you know, the, uh, I walked in Oklahoma Wesleyan and said uh, the goal on the field was to win a national championship. And I think there were a lot of people that laughed and snickered and thought that was crazy, you know, the 27-year-old guy. And, you know, luckily for us, we, we kind of got things rolling relatively quickly there and had some great players that, uh, that came along and uh, made a couple trips back to the, to the NAI World Series and, and, and did some things there. So that was the vision. Uh, it, it was a long process to get there. Uh, on that, uh, leaving Oklahoma Wesleyan and, and coming to Eastern again on the field, uh, you know, the, the, the goal stayed the same was to, to try to, to win a national championship. And, and that's a lofty goal. And, you know, when you hear that, everybody goes like, well, yeah, that's, that should be everybody's. But, uh, you know, I, I think that is the goal. Uh, sure. There's a lot more that goes into it off the field and, you know, both, um, uh, in the classroom and then just personally, you know, who they are, uh, you know, a lot goes into, to, to trying to win there as well. But, you know, making the transition from from four year to two year was uh, was different. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'd, I'd been an assistant at Garden City Community College before. The the biggest difference for me is, you know, the four year school. You get to see those guys grow up. You know, some of them you get as as seventeen or eighteen year old kids, and you know they're they're with you four sometimes five years, and you know they're they're grown men and jobs, and some of them are engaged. Uh, you know, at the time and. You, you really watch them grow up. The biggest change, obviously, at the two-year school is, you know, it's a it's it's quick in and out. It feels like you know, four years seems like forever. I'm sure those guys uh, would agree with uh, man. Uh, you know, we were four years with Coach Parker. Uh, you know, that was a that was a blast. Uh, you know, but uh, two years here is I feel like is is really short. You know, seeing those guys in and out, and you know, at junior college, fifty percent of your job is to recruit really good players. The other 50% of your job is to, to get them out of here because if, if they come in and man, they don't leave better and, and, or they don't leave, then, you know, we failed miserably as a junior college from a baseball standpoint. And, and obviously when they leave us, they have to leave in good standing academically. And, you know, we can't, we can't just run a baseball factory. It is a, a, a lofty goal because 50% of your team's you know, uh, roughly 50% of your team's gone every year. So how do you how do you continue to do that? And junior college coaches that have maintained success over long periods of time are, you know, are, are really impressive. You know, at the four-year level, for the most part, you know, I, I had help teaching our system. You know, it was a, a, I had three other classes to help me teach it. You know, one class would leave and one new one would come in and three, you know, three three years worth of guys were helping us teach it. So that's been a change is trying to, to, to do that. And, and then also remember that, that they're young guys, you know, some of the best advice I got as an assistant at Garden City, you know, one day I was the infield coach and I came in and I, you know, I was young, I was probably 23 or four at the time. And uh, I came in, I was aggravated about the way our infield was playing. And, you know, I was, man, I did this and I did that. And, you know, how did they not know this? And how did they, you know, and finally the, the pitching coach, Ryan Sawyers, uh, shared a desk uh, next to mine or whatever. And he finally turned around and he was like, did you do that when you were 18? Like, did you make that play when you were, were a sophomore or, uh, you know, or, or a freshman. And I said, like, what do you mean? And he said, like, you're trying to ask those guys to do what you did as a senior. You know, you remember yourself on the on the back end of your career when you were a good college player and you knew everything. And now you're trying to ask these freshmen to, to do that. And it was kind of the eye opener of, yeah, you know what, that, that is unfair to those guys. So trying to remember that hey, we are dealing with, with freshmen and sophomores has, has been a change, you know, versus that, um, you know, that older guy that sometimes we got at the four year level. Oh, that's really good. And, and that's, that's an interesting question too, because again, you, once you feel like they have the system, then you have them for a year and then they're gone. And so I, I was joking with you a little bit off the mic of you really maybe had to condense down a lot of the things that you did. So just tell us besides what you have, was there anything in specifically that you were like, guys, we just can't do this. Like we don't have enough time. And so we had to transition to 
this? Was there ever a moment that you had like that? Don't, nothing that we've just taken out completely, uh, where we just felt like we didn't have time, mainly because we felt like, you know, our job at, at Eastern and, and, and hopefully, you know, people that, that get Eastern players uh, from us, hopefully they, they agree with this, is we want our guys to be exposed and, and prepared for everything. You know, sometimes I would get guys, you know, when I was the four-year coach, and we would have certain things, you know, go on or happen or do or whatever, and they looked like they had never seen or heard that before. And I, I thought, man, what? What did you do for the last two years? And so, you know, I have joked that as the four-year guy, I probably said some bad things about junior college coaches. And part of that was I just didn't know what, what they had to go through and everything. But I, I, so then obviously when I became the junior college coach, it was like, okay, man, I, it's time to cash in on some of those things that I said. Otherwise, I got to uh, gotta be quiet and I got to go apologize to a lot of people for, you know, things that I said. So we still try to cover just about everything. Our, our system is really uh, similar. There are things that we have, uh, like you said, condensed where maybe we're not covering it quite as much. But, you know, we want them when they get to the next the next level, you know, when and somebody, you know, they go over base running or they go over, you know, a, a bunt play or they go over something. Sure, it may be a different bunt play or it may be a different first and third or it may be a different base running philosophy or offensive plan or something. But we want them to know that, like, hey, we've seen that. Same thing with, like, scouting report stuff. You know, Justin Oney and, and Noe Rees, the, the two guys that have been with me, you know, Noe Rees has been with me eight years now. You know, Justin Oney's been with us four years as our pitching guy, uh, one at Oklahoma Wesleyan and now three here. I mean, those guys work their tails off on scouting report stuff. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But we, we want to give our guys a lot of information because we know at the next level they're going to get that. And they're going to get a ton of information. And we want them to be prepared so that whenever Coach whoever says, hey, this is what we do, they go, okay. And they don't look shell-shocked like wait a minute, at junior college, we just took BP and ground balls. We just tried to change it a little bit, but but keep it the same because we want them to be exposed to, hey, this is what four-year baseball looks like, because it is slightly different with, with the amount of time that you could spend with guys. I really like that a lot. And so I guess, I guess you're leading right into my next question, uh, which is, I, you know, I don't, I don't follow you guys as closely as I should, but I do follow you on Twitter. And it feel, I feel like every guy that you throw is like 95 plus. And, and so I, I say that jokingly, kind of, right? Uh, but just kind of walk us through, man, obviously recruiting good players, but I, I know two of them uh, that were Wasso players, and they were not that. They were good players, but they weren't quite to the level of where you guys have gotten them. So just kind of walk us through that, because I've just been really intrigued by the amount of 90, literally like 93 to 95 guys that you guys have, which is a rare commodity, but it seems like you guys have them in droves. Sure. And I, I mean, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Twitter, uh, you know, we, we try to be active out there and, and promote our guys and and, uh, and get that out there. I think this year's probably just a perfect storm with COVID. You know, we, 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 we obviously uh, Christian McGowan was with us uh, already and, and has developed, you know, in, into that 93, 95, 94, 96, you know, with with some more there. And, you know, we get Andrew Walling that transfers in from uh, uh, from the West Coast uh, through a buddy of mine and you know, McGowan's headed to Texas Tech. Walling's headed to Mississippi State. Uh, David Sandlin's a guy that we recruited from Owasso. And really, David just uh, worked like crazy. You know, we, we, we thought he had the potential to, to throw harder. I, I think anybody that says, like, hey, he was going to be 93, 95 and, and has shown a touch more, I, I'm not that good at my job to, to, to say that I saw that. But he's worked really, really hard. And I think the biggest thing for us, you know, number one is, is that we do have, you know, really good players that play really hard. I would like to think our program has a little bit to do with it. And, you know, again, I was fortunate when I was the assistant at, at California Baptist, you know, Gary Adcock had been had pitched at UCLA, been an assistant coach at UCLA, had been at Purdue, you know, had obviously been at the at the highest level. And I felt like our pitching plan when I was there, uh, you know, we had something like 12 draft picks in my three years between the guys that we, we had recruited and, and the guys that played for us. And they've continued that, uh, you know, got one in the big leagues now you know, from California Baptist. And so I thought, man, I, I'm smart enough when I left there to, to ask slash maybe tell Coach Adcock, hey, I'm going to take this pitching plan with us. You know, it was a, it's a one-page sheet of paper, you know, that, that I'm sure has drastically changed uh, on their side out there from, from now. But, uh, you know, we took that one-page sheet of paper and turned it into an entire pitching booklet. You know, we just kind of expounded upon it, really, and added this and taken that out, you know, and change some of the the distance running that was kind of the the thing you know way back you know at this point it's been 10 years ago since I was at, at Cal Baptist and so kind of changed it into more sprint work and 
obviously now the technology uh, stuff is 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 being added in with with the Rapsodo and video stuff and things like that. So, you know, we've we've added a lot of that. I, I think probably the biggest thing that that uh, our guys would would say about our pitching plan and and probably the development in you know in their careers is just the consistency. You know, I think uh, the, that that pitching packet everybody gets their own. It's the framework. You know, hey, here's here's the framework of what we do day to day. Now from there. Obviously, you know, David Sandlin or does things slightly different than Christian McGowan, you know, because they're two different arms. Uh, and sometimes you see a lot of people that have a great pitching plan, but everybody does the same plan uh, and everybody does the same throwing. And we just don't think that 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 works for us anyway, because we feel like they're different arms and they, they have different needs and some recover faster. So they need to throw more earlier after their outing and, and some don't recover as well. So they need to take more time. And so for us, though, is once we kind of feel like we've got it honed in and, and develop, you know, this works for that guy, then we really don't deviate it, uh, from it a whole lot. You know, it's a, it's a seven day plan. We feel like our starters, you know, uh, they get six days rest and, and we go every seventh day. And, and the whole plan is designed around on that seventh day, them being the best version of themselves they can be. And, and you know what? Sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're not. Uh, and that's okay because the very next day after that, we call that day one. Day one starts over. And now we're on to like, we're not living in the past. We're not, hey, great, you were good or you were bad, whichever. But now today's the, the first day of the next week, you know, uh, and if you're really good, okay, man, cool. Uh, you were good last week. Now we got to get on to like, how do we recover and how do we get better and how do we get on to being good again? Because, you know, nobody needs a guy that, you know, is good once a month or every couple of starts, you know, uh, we all need that guy that's good, you know, every every time we hand him the ball. And I think the biggest thing for for the throwing plan is, their, their bodies adjust to it, you know, and, and I, I tell recruits all the time whenever we, we talk to them and, you know, they, they want to know about the pitching plan or, or whatever there is that, you know, it's so organized and detailed and, and so um, just, like I said, individualized that, that ultimately, like, you know, they, they kind of adjust to it. And, and, and the best thing I tell, you know, a, a potential recruit is I said, hey, if you came here and you threw 90 pitches today and one of our guys threw 90 pitches today, Tomorrow, when we walked out there and I said, hey, man, how do you feel? The recruit's going to tell me, I'm sore here. I'm tight there. I'm, you know, they're going to point to body parts. That's just human nature. That's the way every pitcher is. They're going to say, like, well, I'm a little tight. And that's to be expected. You threw 90 pitches. But if I walk out there and ask one of the Eastern guys who have been on that, that plan and their body's adjusted to our seven-day plan, they're going to shrug their shoulders and say, I feel like day one. And, and they don't have to point to anything because their body knows this is what I'm supposed to feel like on day one. And then the next day, I'm going to ask, hey, how do you feel? The potential recruits going to again say, "Ah, oh, my 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 shoulders better, my back's still sore." Okay, our our Eastern guys going to say, "I feel like day two, because their body has adjusted to that. So I think the health of our guys is the biggest deal. And then if anything ever on day two, day one, day two, day three, day four, whatever it is, fills out a line, that's when they say, "Hey, actually, coach." And then then we're able to decide, you know what, man, maybe we threw more breaking balls in that outing than we wanted to, so we'll 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 change that throwing for that week or. The pin will be a little different there, but but I think the consistency uh, and the organization of our throwing plan has has really led to a their development as 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 pitchers. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is sometimes people do see those big velocities. You know, uh, this year, and then everybody assumes that uh, maybe they they couldn't hit the backstop twice in a row. And the last thing we want here is to to have a bunch of throwers. We work really hard to recruit a bunch of uh, strike throwers. And then if the velocity increases, which 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 typically does, then then we think we have something special. We just feel like you know pitchers and, and strike throwers uh, that develop into uh, velocity arms uh, are 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 better for us than trying to find. Hey man, that's a big arm, and then trying to like get it to throw strikes, you know, and so it doesn't work for everybody. And, and sometimes we gamble and try to see if we can do it just like everybody else does. But we, we try to start with the strike thrower. Sure, there's a whole host of things I could go into, you know, from the pitching plan to the weights, you know, and, and how we do that and uh, the breakfast stuff that we do. We, we have mandatory breakfast and uh, we try really, really hard to give them not just a junior college experience. You know, sometimes you hear people say all the time, like, well, it's just junior college. And I don't even know what that means because I feel like that's like we're running it at a second rate deal. And it's not it. We, we like I said, we want our guys to to feel like they're coached and and and, and given a, a maybe a division one experience. And then when they leave here, they they know what that looks like and they know what that feels like, whether they go division one, division two, NAI, division three, whatever it is that they do there. We want them to to know that uh, they got a top notch experience, you know, in junior college as well. 
No doubt. And, you know, I, I think that, it, you know, if, if I'm looking at it from the outside into from the experiences that they have in Wilburton, there is a lot of close knit stuff that they do together. I'm, I'm assuming just because it's, it's like, I don't even know what the population is, but like 5,000, like maybe. And so I, I'm assuming that they get, there's not a lot to do besides baseball and there's not a lot to do in Wilburton. So they spend a ton of time together. Has that helped really shape, you know, the culture and the standards and that close knitness that every coach is trying to do Would that you think that would be a part of it? I do. You know, when I took the, 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 you know, I joked that every job I've had, I, it's, it's kind of been weird. You know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of a small town Arkansas kid whenever it all came to be. And I took the, the job in Southern California, you know, 60 miles east of Los Angeles, you know, both the, the head coach and, and the athletic director said, you know, this isn't Garden City, Kansas. I mean, this is 60 miles east of Los Angeles. And, you know, and I laughed and said, like, yeah, it's fine. My wife and I can do it. And, uh, and we did it. And then when I took the job, Coming back to, to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, the athletic director and the president both said, now, this isn't Southern California. I mean, this is, you know, this is and I laughed and said, man, I can't get away from that, uh, you know, from that question. And then when I got ready to take the the, the Eastern job, um, you know, I, I the president said, you know, this this isn't Bartlesville, Oklahoma. You know, this is this is Wilberton. And I said, you know what? At the time that I took the the, the Eastern job. My wife and I had uh, twin, probably 10-month-olds, uh, a boy and a girl. So I, I joked that, you know, I said, from my wife and I's standpoint, like, we're not looking for the nightlife. We're literally just trying to survive and uh, and go to bed every night with, with uh, boy-girl twins that are 10-month-olds. Uh, now they're three and a half, and we're still trying to survive. Uh, it's, it's gotten worse because now they're mobile, and they, they have opinions, and they run faster than what three-and-a-half-year-olds should, should run. But you know, I, that's come up before in, in recruiting, you know, about like, what do you do in Wilberton? And I laugh at that question because I think it's tremendous. I, I think it's awesome for us because if we recruit the right people that, that are truly serious about their career at the level that, that I'm serious about my career, that Noe Reese and Justin Oney are serious about their career, if they're that serious about it, then Wilberton's the, the best place in the world you could be because there aren't a lot of distractions and there aren't a lot of things, uh, you know, people ask all the time, like, what do you do in Wilberton? We play baseball and we go to school. You know what? If you come in and you work both academically and, and, and athletically and, and personally, and, and man, you focus really, really hard in that one or two years that you're in Wilberton, man, you get to pick your next one. Like you literally can, I mean, you, you get to, you get to turn down incredible places because they just didn't fit exactly what you wanted. And you get to pick like, that's the perfect one for me. We, we, we work really hard not to recruit just the, the, the best players. I would, would lie to you if, you know, if I didn't tell you we weren't trying to recruit the best ones, but more more important than the best ones is, you know, we're trying to find the right ones. It takes the right guy to, to play for me. Uh, we're honest about that. You know, I, I can be difficult to play for because when a guy says, I want to be the best, uh, I hear them say that. And, and then I work really hard over the next two years to hold them accountable to what they said they wanted to become. And, and I think players should do that for me. If I tell them, man, I'm going to give you everything I got for two years. If they're not getting it, then man, I, they ought to be aggravated. You know what? I trusted this place and you and, and, and this coaching staff with my career and you didn't give it to me. You know, I, they should be aggravated. So when guys get here, we want them to, to work really hard and, and we want to obviously give them everything we can possibly give them in a two year span so that whenever they get ready to leave, they do get to pick from a handful of tremendous places because they did their time right in Wilberton academically and, 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 and athletically and personally. Oh, I really like that a lot. And, and you're really leading me into my next question, which is about, you know, we have standards, uh, rules, uh, behavior, and you've talked a lot about uh, being a champion and giving your best. Now, is that, if I asked you the question, you know, what are your standards? Would, would that be, would you have something scripted out or it's like, Hey, we have championship behavior here. We behave like champions and that's it. Like what, what do you, what do you tell prospective recruits whenever they ask you similar questions? Easy answer is to, to say, you know, uh, we kind of laugh that we could have one rule, you know, and the one rule could be don't do anything to, to embarrass the program. You know, that, that's OK, great. Like, there you go. Covers it all. You know, and I think that's probably too cliche and too easy for us. We, we really we just talk about, hey, when we recruit a guy, we recruit him uh, based on three areas, academic success, athletic success and then personal success. And then from there, obviously, you know, there, there's standards within all of that, you know, academically. Sometimes junior college gets that rap for being a, um, you know, a baseball factory. You know, that's all it is, is just just baseball, baseball, baseball. And, 
it's actually not true at Eastern. And, and we actually are honest in recruiting. We tell guys, hey, if that's what you're looking for, it's not us. Because I probably get after our guys more about the academic stuff than I do on the field. Because they all, they all love the on the field stuff, right? That's why they came. It was like, I'm a baseball player. I hope everybody that plays for us plays 10 years in the big leagues. I typically remind them, just remember who you played for. Remember where you played. Uh, and donate money back uh, if you do play 10 years in the big leagues. The reality of that is, though, like, you know, we probably aren't going to have that many that play 10 years in the big leagues. That's a difficult, difficult road. But you know what? We're going to have all of them are going to get out of college and, and, and have to, to, you know, supply for their wife or their family or their kids or be productive there. So, you know what? We, we're serious about them all getting a degree because that's going to that's gonna come in. You know, we, we want them to have a plan. We don't want to put all the eggs in the baseball basket and then look up at some point and go, wait a minute, baseball's over and I don't have any plan going on. You know, I'm a baseball coach. I love it. I've never had a different job, uh, never wanted a different job. The fact that, that you know, people continue to pay me to coach baseball is, is wild uh, to me and, and I appreciate it. But you know what? I, I've got two degrees that, that hang on my wall. I'm not stuck coaching college baseball and I don't ever want our guys to be stuck with something because they didn't have a plan. So we're, we're serious about their academics. You know, and, and they're going to go to class, you know, and, and, and they're going to be on track. You know, at, at the four-year school, it was a, you're going to get a degree. You know, here at Eastern, most of our guys get the AA degree, but also some of them don't because they, they don't need it necessarily for the next step. Uh, but they're going to be on track when they leave here at whatever school they're going to to finish that bachelor's degree. And we are serious about the academic side. They all love hearing, you know, every recruit wants to hear about the athletic side. You know, well, how am I going to throw 95? You know, I had a recruit recently that said, you know, somewhere else guaranteed him five miles an hour on his fastball. Like, you know, what do I think? And I said, I think you should sign there. And the kid said, what do you, well, hold on, wait, what do you mean? And I said, like, man, I can't guarantee anything. I said, I, I just can't. I, I said, I, I can tell you that most of our guys do see increases. And, you know, I said, but if you sign with us and then sit on the couch for the next, you know, 10 months before you show up or whatever it is, I said, I, man, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not that good at my job. I, I can't guarantee anything. And, you know, I said, I can guarantee you that I'm going to work really hard and that, that we're going to push you and do all that stuff. And then from there, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, but I said, I sorry, man, I, I can't guarantee anything. And I said, honestly, if I, if I could guarantee something like that, I said, man, I'm, I'm a Cardinal fan. I said, I, I, I'd, I'd be in St. Louis making a heck of a lot more money guaranteeing five miles an hour on a guy that throws 100 than I would, uh, you know, some kid that throws 85. Uh, I laughed. I said, I, the Cardinals just pay better. Uh, and, and the kid laughed and said, okay, I get that. And, but I, you know, I said, I athletically, man, I can promise you that like, we're going to work really hard. And, you know, when we go to the baseball field, the most important thing on the face of the earth is baseball. When we leave the baseball field though, it's baseball, man, it's still a game. Um, I'm fully aware, you know, I think God's got a sense of humor. Uh, when he put my wife and I together, my wife was an ER nurse for the first probably 10 or 11 years we were married. Uh, she now is a, a, a nursing professor here at Eastern, you know, and so when I go home and we lose a game in the ninth inning on an error or a camp bunt or something, you know, and I'm, I'm, I have the worst day ever because of that. Like my wife comes home from the ER and, you know, a drastically different bad day uh, has occurred in the, in the ER than, than what I have it as a baseball coach. And uh, I quickly remember that, Hey man, I'm a baseball coach. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot, a lot worse things going on in the world than, we lost a game or, or whatever there. So when we're at baseball, though, man, I, I get it. You know, that's the I, I joke. That's the one ability God gave me. You know, I, I, I go home and my wife says the sink's leaking. Can you look at it? I look at it and it's leaking. Uh, I can't I don't know what she wants me to do about that, but it's leaking. So if, uh, if I've got one ability, man, I, I got to work really hard at practice uh, and work really hard to, to prepare our guys and, you know, and, and to have them ready and, and, and make sure that their career, you know, uh, is the best it could possibly be. Uh, and that they, they become in four years, you know, they're the best college baseball player they could become. When we leave the field, it, it goes back to, man, let's be the best student we can become. You know, and then the third thing that we talk to a lot of guys about is just their personal success. And, and what is that? Uh, that's just who they are, you know, not only during their time, you know, in, in, in Wilberton or uh, in college, but down the road, too. You know, are they a good husband? Are they a good uh, employee or an employer or a citizen or, you know, just, just kind of who they are 10 years from now? You know, I had a coach tell me one time that, you know, we don't ever know whether we've succeeded until 10 years from now. You know, we work really, really hard in all three areas, you know, academically, athletically and, and, and personally, just to make sure that they they do develop. And we work really hard to recruit the right guys. So 
you know, I, I, having kids of my own now has, has changed my my opinion. You know, I, I used to joke that when moms and dads would sit in my office and they would say, you know, this is our baby. And, you know, are you going to take care of him? And are you going to, you know, I was always polite, but I, I also always thought like, oh, come on. Like he's 18. He's fine. Like, you know, I'm not going to go wake him up and, you know, and all that stuff. And now that I have kids of my own, I, I, I take them to daycare every morning and drop them off and think, they better get all the goldfish they want uh, at snack time and you better really take care of them. And so now I can't imagine taking my two and after, you know, working so hard for 18 years and then just hey, dropping them off with somebody else and going like, hey, 18 to 22 is the most influential time in their lives. Good luck. I think that's a big challenge and, and trying to help guide them through it because some of our guys uh, are on great paths when they get to us. Okay, our jobs to make sure that they stay on that path. Some of our guys, you know, maybe maybe uh, haven't had a path or 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 have started down the wrong path. And okay, great, like that's fine too. Like we're we're all different. Uh, our jobs to get them, you know, lined out, get them on the right path. And and sometimes it's just it's a model, just model the right behavior. Uh, you know that they they see like from us uh, as to how we we carry ourselves and how we prepare for certain things and how we treat our wives, uh, you know, or, or people on campus and things like that. And so that way, then they look up, you know, it may not happen during their time here. It may be after they leave here that they look back and go like, you know what, man, like Coach Parker and Coach Reese and Coach Oni, those guys, like there's something about those dudes. I need to let me be more like that. Uh, and again, we're not perfect. You know, sometimes they, they see our flaws, too. Man, I, all right. That was Coach Parker didn't handle that right. How do I change that? But but we're serious, you know, about all three. You know, kids just want to hear about the the, the athletics, uh, which is fine. Uh, that's that's the one I, I like talking about, too. But we are probably more serious about academics and, and personal stuff than we are the baseball because the baseball stuff's easy. You know, it, it, it's a game and, and everybody loves that part. I love hearing that. And, and I love uh, just, again, the background and, and you talked about them seeing you as a husband and a father and all of that just plays uh, an enormous benefit, which, which I agree with you as well. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and get into the like uh, player development piece. So like the on-field piece because I, I feel like you've done an awesome job describing kind of the off the field what it looks like what it feels like and that's really and what you guys are looking for which is really cool so let's go ahead and switch gears and and go into uh what your offseason program looks like so if we were going to rewind back to i don't i don't know if you want to do covid year since you've uh, you've all you've been dealing with covid at eastern more than you've been been not uh but just kind of walk us through what you got what your plan for the off season is just walk us through you know they get to campus on in august and just take us up to through the preseason of just hey these are the big pillars that we want to hit this is how we do it and so on and so forth yeah i'm, I'm gonna skip the covid stuff because I, I hope nobody needs a, a blueprint on that uh yeah, ever sure. again uh i hope we're done with that eventually and and all right great we're, we're good because we did have to modify some things and it's been a challenge, uh, just like everybody is, has had that challenge of, you know, how do you how do you navigate that? And, you know, how do you build culture and team and all that while telling them to stay away from each other? You know, I'll visit more on a, a normal year uh, than anything. So, yeah, our guys, you know, the biggest thing for, for me, like I said, when I took the job at, at Oklahoma Wesleyan, I was 27. I'm now 38. Uh, you know, I, I 38 year old me looks at 27 year old me and thinks, how did we ever win a game and why would anybody ever listen to anything that I said? Fully aware that 48-year-old me is going to look at 38-year-old me and think the same thing. Like, what, what, what were we doing? So as we said today, uh, you know, uh, our guys kind of get here in, in August and, you know, the, the details uh, in the organization is the biggest thing that we do. And I felt like that was the thing I had to do at 27. You know, I had I, been... Um, a, a decent assistant uh, had been been a, been around good coaches and and been on winning programs, but you know for me to walk in the door and say this is how we do it, no questions asked, with no head coaching experience, I thought was a bad. You know, I, I thought if somebody ever said you know, and and I hate to say kids these days, like I'm not still a kid, uh, but it's a different generation. You know, I, I you know people ask why a lot more now, and for me to say because I said so. Uh, probably wasn't gonna work, uh, especially with no head coaching experience and 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 nothing behind me, you know. So I didn't think because I told you so uh, was a good answer for for players, and I didn't think because that's how we've always done it. I, you know, I, I had a business professor tell me one time that if you ever hear that in a business, you should run fast uh, because that business wasn't going to be around very long. 
uh, I've always remembered that, you know, in our program that I just, I, because that's how we've always done it uh, is a bad answer. doesn't mean that we've been doing it right all those years. So we do need to look at a different way to, to do things. And so the organization's a big thing uh, that, that we do uh, and that I try to do. Um, I've got a binder, a three ring binder that I keep for every uh, team. Uh, it starts in August. It actually starts in July uh, and runs all the way through. And it's got every scrap sheet of paper, everything that, that I that I did that year with that team. The notes from this uh, interview will go in there in that binder. I mean, it's literally everything. Practice plans, travel lists, literally everything goes into that binder. And every day after practice, I keep notes on that practice plan. Uh, this was good. This was bad. This was too long. That's not long enough. Like, and it, it essentially becomes a journal, you know, and, and, and hey, this team, you know, uh, needs more of this. This team needs less of that. Uh, but the very first page in that, in that binder is just a blank sheet of paper that I write to change at the top of the page. And throughout the course of the year, I take notes on things that, you know, I, I think we should change about our program. You know, some of those years we've been, been really successful. And then you go look at the to change list and there's 10 or 12, 15, 20 things to change. And everybody goes like, ah, oh, why? Why would you change anything? You know, you went 58 and 8 in 2014. You know, well, the goal is to win a national championship. And we didn't do that. So clearly we didn't we didn't achieve that goal. Uh, so there's things that we need to change uh, or we didn't go undefeated. And I know that in baseball, that's a funny thing to say. But, hey, there's still things we could have done better. You know, so so we, we want to work on those things. And, you know, over the course of the summer, I go back and look at those to decide, hey, man, do we really need to change that about our program? Or was I just aggravated at the time that I wrote it? we need to change this. And then you look back later and you go, no, 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 we don't need to change that. We need to coach that. better. Uh, we need to do better. That, that That's a, that's a bad job of coaching. Those players did exactly what I asked and they just didn't understand it or they weren't prepared. Uh, and if they're not prepared or they don't understand it, then that's just terrible coaching or terrible teaching. And, and that's my job. So for us, you know, we start the year in August, you know, and, and that binder, brand new binder gets out and gets started and we start and, and we teach everything we do in the classroom. And guys have their own their own binders, and they come to the class. They come to class basically before we ever even go to the baseball field. Uh, and we teach everything from, hey, this is how we play catch, and they take notes, and we demonstrate it, and this is why we do it. And we we literally try to. I mean, it's catch day in class. We teach this is how we uh, sack bunt. This is how we drag bunt. This is how we push bunt. This is how we do this. We we teach the base running. Uh, in the classroom, like we literally, so that they don't have to do any of it. They literally, like it's it's take notes. Uh, because when we get to the field, man, I want to practice. I don't want to stand around and talk. Uh, and so we work really hard, like in the classroom. It takes seven to ten days, uh, depending on on different things, you know, and and how in depth we are, and and really how how new guys are. It's taking longer at Eastern than it did, you know, at the four year school at Oklahoma Wesleyan because. Hey man, we're teaching fifty percent of our team a brand new thing. You know, our, our our pitchers go down and you know they they're they're taught. Hey, this is how we do the 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 bands. You know, because I go to a lot of games and I watch a lot of high school kids. You know, I'm I'm there to watch a kid throw and coach says, Hey, go do your bands. And I walk down there because I want to watch. And the kid goes down there and he does some form or fashion of some type of band work. Coach comes down and says, Do your bands. Kid says, Yes, sir. And it's all I can do not to yell like he didn't do them right. But again, he probably doesn't know how to do them, you know, because, uh, you know, high school coaches are limited too. you know, I get that. They, they get them. Man, that kid came straight from basketball and is here. So it's not a shot at, at high school coaches by any stretch. It's just sometimes they they haven't been shown. And so we, we really because I don't ever want to do anything just to say we did it. Uh, if we're not doing it right, then let's don't do it. Same thing that we've done with with the technology now, you know, we the Rapsodo stuff and different things. I mean, I don't want to have the Rapsodo if we don't know what we're doing with it. It can't just be a paperweight and say like, well, we got it. Well, what do you do with it? We don't know, but we got it. I think we, we need to understand what we're doing. And, and Justin Oney's gone above and beyond, you know, on that stuff. And so we teach everything in the classroom. That literally is the first thing we do. And, and it's it's in depth. Like I said, it, it's everything. Offensive signs, defensive signs, pitching signs. Literally, like I said, literally everything that you can teach in a classroom, we teach. And during that time, we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready also in the weight room and, and kind of starting um, the testing stuff and making sure that we, we know what that looks like. And, and, you know, before we do any testing, we go in there and, you know, we go over safety stuff and this is how we, we, we lift and 
hey, if you've never been in a weight room, that's fine. We're going to make sure you know what you're doing. And we kind of get our testing stuff done. And because we think the weight room is really huge. You know, in the fall, we live four times a week. And we just think that's a, a missing part that, that sometimes they don't get from high school. And some of that is, is, you know, you asked about the throwing harder and things like that. You know, some of that is we get multi-sport athletes. I, I love multi-sport athletes. You know, I know that's the great debate, you know, is, is specialize or don't specialize. And man, I, I can't, I can't say anything about anybody that does specialize, but I also know that like, we, we love those multi-sport guys because there's things you learn in other sports and different things. And so we take those guys and, and sometimes, you know, they, they gain a lot of weight in our program and everybody goes, oh, what'd you do in the weight room? Or what'd you, how'd you get him to gain 20 pounds? And we, well, we told him to stop running up down the gym floor because he was playing high school basketball or whatever. You know, and we, we made him eat and we told him to quit running up down the gym floor, you know, things like that. So we do get started in the weight room pretty quick there. Uh, and we lift all the way through, you know, August, uh, there's different phases of it, you know, and, and then we send home a, a Christmas packet that, you know, some of our guys probably love and some of our guys probably hate, but it's got everything from, you know, throwing plans to lifting plans to eating plans to weight plans. To, I mean, it's it's everything, you know, in there. So we lift all the way through. We're currently lifting now. This is, you know, March. We lift three times a week during the spring because we want to continue that. So we get started there early. We teach everything in the classroom. We we get in the, 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 the weight room pretty early. And then, you know, uh, once we're allowed to, to kind of get on the field and, and get started there, we basically go straight into, all right, here it is. And, and we actually try to teach everything. You know, I, I joke, you know, it's 10 days in the classroom. And then generally it takes probably three weeks, you know, and, and we're working through it piece by piece. We don't teach it all in one day, obviously, but piece by piece. And then we go back and review it at the end of the week, you know, what we taught. You know, and then we teach a little bit new uh, the next week and we go back and review it. And, you know, we kind of break it down into small portions and the pitchers and catchers maybe are doing something with Cochoni on their part. And then I've got the infielders that we're working on on our part. And then we'll put it all together so that we know where everybody's supposed to be. And, you know, usually within the first three weeks of being on the field, um, I joke with our, our guys that, all right, man, there it is. Like, that's everything I know about college baseball. You know, and some of them laugh and some of them look at me like, well, that didn't take long. You know, it didn't take you long, Coach Parker, but we, we literally try to teach it that early. And then we spend the rest of the time trying to perfect it because I, I, I've tried. I've seen other ways of doing that. And, and where you know, you, you are actually into the spring and you're still trying to teach things and, you know, new stuff. And, you know, I think for us, it's always worked better if we, you know, review everything. But 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 we don't have to teach anything new in the spring. That way it's it's not throwing new stuff at them. Plus, now all of a sudden we're putting a jersey on and we're going to play somebody for real. And there's a comfort level there. And uh, so we, we try to we try to go through that. You know, we, we practice, you know, every, every afternoon and, and get after that. And but we do try to teach everything early there. And then from there, we try to, to make everything as fast as possible, as game like as possible. And then at the end of the day, whatever we, we kind of messed up, you know, in practice or, or in that uh, live set that we were doing or, or whatever. Okay, great. That'll go in the binder and I'll make a note that, hey, we messed this up or whatever. And you know what? Tomorrow we may go back to it and try to, hey, yesterday we messed this up. Let's put us back in that situation. Great. That's how we should have handled it. Let's move on. Sometimes we don't worry about it. We just know that, hey, we'll catch it again in, in the review at the end of the week. But it's uh, it's a very detailed plan uh, through the fall, you know, with the the, the lifting and the, the, the baseball stuff and you know, the pitchers uh, are throwing. Our fall is busy to try to get everything in uh, junior college is different too. Cause then you throw in, Hey, we also get, you know, however many fall games we get. So, you know, you're also taking a break in there to like, Hey, let's go play this game. And then, all right, now let's go back to, you know, something else that we're trying to do, you know, situational hitting drill or whatever it is. But so that's nice to kind of see it because at the four year level, sometimes we didn't get those scrimmages. So, you know, it was almost like practice and dry run, practice and dry run, practice and dry run. You never actually saw it until the spring that, hey, wait a minute, we, that actually means something, uh, where now we get to go see it in a game and then come back and go, all right, see, we handled that right, and, and that's what it looked like, or, you know what, we didn't handle that right, and that's what it looks like, and now we can fix it from there, try to be as much game-like as we can. And sure, you know, we have early work with our guys that, that, that they come out to every day, an hour before practice, and so we feel like that's a great time for them to go, hey, this is what I need to work on individually that maybe I messed up, whether that's defensively, offensively, uh, whatever it is. But there's the chance to kind of slow the game down, catch your breath. Hey, man, like this, this, is, the, this is where I really work on my skill set. 
you know, in that individual setting. And then, all right, great. Here's the test. You know, here's practice and here's the test. And man, practice is hard because I, we want we want the game to be easy. You know, offensively and, and, and defensively, our, our whole plan is that we really don't want our guys to be comfortable at practice because I, I think there's a lot of times like in batting practice, like guys want to like take it slow and, and you know, feel good. And, you know, I, we, we joke a lot with our guys that I, I, I really don't care when they leave practice if they feel good because uh, they're not going to feel good in the game. You know, our thing is, do you want to feel good at practice or do you want to be prepared at the game? And we just think that like, for us, the answer is let's be prepared in the game. Like, and that's hard at times because players don't always see that. And it's like, man, I'd, I'd like to feel good every now and then too. And, and there is a time for that. And, and I'm aware of that. But being prepared uh, in the game and knowing in that big moment, man, I've been here. And this is way easier than practice. I think there's a comfort level uh, in that, that uh, once they see it, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll take being prepared over feeling good. But in the fall, there's there's some battles there sometimes when uh, man, I want to feel good, coach, and and leave me alone on this. And it's like, no, I I don't want you. I don't care if you feel good. I we want you to be prepared. The way that you that you mentioned that, I, I think we see that a lot now. It's like the uncomfortable training, but I'd rather you be prepared than feel good. I think that that's a really cool transition from that. And you know, training harder than you're, what you're going to see in the game, so the game slows down. I really like that too. Uh, but does that? So let's let's go ahead. So love the off season calendar. Really great explanation there. What changes whenever you get to in season? Whenever you're playing on the uh, basically throughout the entire weekend? Really, truly, like obviously, you get back in January, and and you know our guys have had that Christmas packet that we've sent home, and it's a it's a it's a bear to put together for for our coaches because again, it's it's individualized for each player, and it has you know their position workout from a defensive standpoint. It's got you know an offensive plan for them. You know over the month of December this past year, it was basically the month of November and December. COVID and and, and us not being able to be around them and things. But you know it's got a weight plan. It's got a, a nutrition plan. You know for those guys that are trying to gain weight or lose weight uh, or maintain weight. I um, mean it's literally got everything. So we get them back in January, and then uh, that month of January is is a really a microcosm of the fall. I mean, it's, you know, I tell our guys, we don't have time to, to we've got time to review everything. Uh, we don't have time to reteach anything, you know, review it. Yes, but, but not reteach it. Like if, if you didn't do your work over the, the, the break and, and all of that, then you know what somebody else did and you know, you're probably going to be left behind. And that may sound unfair at, at times, but you know what, uh, that's true in the real world too. Uh, you know, it's your job. If you, if you, if you take two months off, like, Somebody else is doing it better. Like, um, you know, life's unfair sometimes. So, you know, most of our guys come back in great shape. Uh, they're ready to go. It's really a condensed version of the fall where we try to review everything again and, you know, put them in all those spots. Once we get into kind of where we're at now, the nuts and bolts of, you know, we're 28 games in, you know, with basically half our season left to go again. You know, it's kind of the the, the, the wear and tear part of the season now. We're, we still lift three times a week. You know, we're still we're still a believer in that. Our practices are a, a, a little shorter, but they're they're really not any less intense. They're really not any less uh, action packed. You know, there's times that we do have to get off uh, the gas pedal a little bit and, and take a take a day off. You know, on on we try to take Sundays off. Uh, we just we try not to play on Sundays. We try to take Sunday off. So I can go to church with my family, and our guys can go to church and 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 if they want to, or be around their families, or you know, basically have that day to know, hey, man, I'm, I'm off today. And there's a time for that. But, you know, when, when we were at practice, like we're trying to, to go, you know, and, and we just think that in the long run over the course of that long season that we're healthier at the end. I know that sounds weird, you know, to, to keep going, but we do not feel like we're healthier. We feel like the uh, arm strength is still there. We, we feel like the, the bat speed is still there where, where practice may be shorter. And really it's more oriented to them. Uh, and, and our opponent, I guess I should say, you know, so on a Monday, you know, we're going to get after it at practice, you know, and we're going to fix things that maybe we, we messed up that weekend, but we're also going to be looking ahead to, hey, who's our opponent on Tuesday and what's that scouting report look like? But it's always a review. There's really never anything new. You know, it may be, hey, we feel like we can, you know, read a lot of dirt balls. You know, they're, 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 they throw, you know, they got power breaking ball stuff. Okay, great. Well, you know, then we'll set up the machines and, you know, base running that day will be on dirtball stuff. So, but it's not teaching anything because we already taught all that. It's just a review, but it's a reminder of like, hey, if we're going to be successful tomorrow. Then like, this is going to be a big part of it, the dirtball or, 
you know, the stolen base or, man, I, we're going to have to really play a little quicker defensively because they got some guys that can really run or, you know, hey, pitchers, like they, they've got 50 stolen bases uh, as a team. You know, all right, great. Like we're going to have to hold runners a little better. We're going to have to like vary our times or, uh, okay, great. Like, but again, it's all a review. It's never something new. It's never, you know, seems like out of the blue, like all of a sudden tomorrow, it's like, hey, we got to hold runners. You know, well, what a what a you know bad deal that is as a coaching staff to put that on our players. We've never talked about holding runners. Well, then all of a sudden tomorrow matters that we hold runners, and now we're splitting their attention from holding runners to throwing strikes. And as a coaching staff, then we're going to be on them about well, we didn't hold runners very well, or we gave up too many hits because we're up in the zone because we're rushed to the plate. Well, man, we screwed that up in August. Then you know, I, I, it goes back to uh, being prepared. So that way then, you know, it's the old, like, you know, what you do in the dark comes comes to the light. You know, what we did last week, uh, you know, I, if that still seems big, then we haven't done much today. You know, I, there's a lot of opinions about, you know, uh, polls and do you talk about polls and, and every coach has a different opinion on that. You know, do you do you talk about it or do you not talk about it? You know, when, when your team has a chance to be ranked or, you know, do whatever. And I'm of the belief that we talk about it because if not, they're talking about it in the dorms. You know, they're, they're, I was a player on a team that was ranked in the top five, too, and we talked about it in the dorms all the time. You know, so why not direct their thinking uh, on that stuff? And I know I'm off topic now. You asked about a, a fall practice or spring practice, and I'm on a poll question. But for us, we, we talk about it. Like the poll is going to come out on, you know, a Tuesday or whatever. I, you know, I don't know what day all the polls come out on, but they come out, let's say, on a Tuesday. Well, last week's team is ranked whatever. This week's team hasn't done anything yet. And so, like, they're always a, a direct reflection of what you've done in the past. So we try to continue to, like, and that's hard for, for guys. It's really hard for young guys because they, everybody wants to pat them on the back and tell them how great they are. And, you know, like, man, you guys did this or you've done that or, yeah, we, we did and we've done. Those are all past tense. You know, it's, I, we're always trying to, like, what are we going to do? You know, if we, again, if we take Monday and, like, sit around and, or Tuesday and look at the polls and look how great we are uh, or whatever, like, okay, great. like then somebody else was working and we got beat the next day. So we always want to keep our eye on the, the next day. And you know what, if, and that goes both ways. If we're really good, congratulations, man. Tomorrow matters. Today's the most important day we got going. And if we were really bad, hey, great, man. Like tomorrow matters. You know, for us, the, the spring is, is very focused on uh, the next opponent. Yes, what, what we could do better. You know, let's, let's fix what we did last week. Uh, but let's also like be prepared for, for the next step moving forward there. Uh, and I love, again, I love getting to hear just the depth of, of the different things that you guys are doing, uh, especially in season. And, uh, you weren't very far off topic because I think that that's a, a very common thing that happens, but you know, I, I have probably neglected not even talking about rankings and things like that. So thank you for bringing, bringing that to our attention. And I think that that's a great point. Uh, I do have some quick hitters before you go, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on some things. Uh, obviously you are a self-critiquer, you're a self-analyzer. And so what are some different things that you've done lately uh, that you've learned about that, that are really exciting? The biggest thing for us, you know, that, that we've done recently is just all the technology stuff, uh, you know, and, and, and trying to make sure that, hey, we remain true to who we are. And I know this is the one that, that's going to get uh, everybody in trouble, right? You're either, you're either pro-technology you know, and that means that the the old school guys don't like you, uh, and you're ruining the game. Or it's the other way. You know, you're old school, and the technology people think, "Oh, he's got his head stuck in the sand, and he doesn't know anything about it." And you know, we still want to uh, play the old school way. So for us, like it's it's been a, a, a the biggest thing that that probably that I'm most excited about is, hey, I, I think we're both. Uh, and I think you can be both. Like I said, I don't know if that's uh, the, the everybody wants to hear that. I, I think everybody agrees with it, but nobody wants to say it is that you can be old school uh, and you can be new school. Yeah, we want the technology and we want to be that. But we also want to be true to who we are, you know, as a, as a program and, and the beliefs that, you know, what showing up and playing hard every day, that matters, too. Uh, you know, and, and not that not that technology or new school means that you don't play hard or do anything like that. But the, the most exciting thing for us is is. The technology, but but making sure that we know how to use it. I just think there's a lot of people that, you know, that, that do have a lot of technology that that maybe don't understand it all. And, and I don't mean that we do. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it even like it sounds like that. But I, I know that 
you know, we looked at the wraps of those stuff for a couple of years before we decided to do it. And my biggest thing was, if we don't, if we can't make them better with it, then we don't need it. And so uh, for us, though, I, I think, again, I think Coach Oni, our, our pitching guy, has gone through the roof with that and the ability to, to take that. And, you know, uh, our guys are so, you know, computer screen uh, literate. You know, it's just so different than, than, you know, when I say, hey, man, you're around that, that breaking ball. Or Coach Oni says, you're around that breaking ball. And they just go, okay. And then they throw the same breaking ball even worse, right? They're even worse around it. And we go like, how'd that feel? And they're like, better. And we're like, well, it's terrible. Uh, you know, they have no idea what around it means or under it or anything where now that we have that rap, so it's 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 nuts, you know, and, and their development has gone significantly uh, faster because now they turn around and we just show them the iPad and say like, hey man, right here, you know, and they can see the spin axis and they can see all that almost instantaneous during their bullpen. And they're like, oh, like, so you meant I was, and then they throw a better one. And then all of a sudden it's, it clicks. I think as, as coaches, we got to find ways to reach our players, you know, just because I, I understand it. If they don't understand it, then, then I'm not a good coach. Uh, I grew up, my, my mom was an educator, so I've got some of that in me. Uh, and I think the best teachers, you know, whenever the kid's doing everything you ask them to do in the classroom or, or at the baseball field or whatever, and they're not learning it, the best teachers look around and try to figure out, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm, I'm not a good teacher. And I, I, and I think sometimes bad teachers say, like, well, I told them, you know, well, my question is, are we teachers or are we tellers? Uh, and so for us, we want to make sure that, that we are teaching our guys, that they are getting it. And so just because I understand around it and that, other, that kid doesn't, then I need to figure out a new way to teach him. And having that iPad right there in the bullpen to turn around and say, here it is. Some of our guys can turn around and look at it and they're, they're into the numbers and they're all about it. And, and that's awesome. Some of our guys, we just we have to we we can look at the iPad and we can know it, and then we have to break it down and 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 teach it to them a different way because that ball spinning on there and talking about spin rate stuff, you know, it it might as well be a foreign language. Uh, you know, they don't have any idea what we're talking about, and that's okay too. So trying to figure out how we give them what information they need and not paralyzing them with with too much information. Uh, there, um, you know, we we've added synergy, you know, here here at Eastern, so. You know, having that ability to, uh, it's been huge just from the recruiting standpoint, you know, for our guys being able to be seen, you know, shooting multiple camera angles and, and being able to do all of that uh, is great. But also, you know, being able to take our guys uh, swings, you know, Coach Rees, our, our hitting guy, like I said, been with me eight years. And we had three out of the last five national players of the year play for us at Oklahoma Wesleyan. We've had some great players play for us, uh, you know, here at Eastern offensively. And, you know, watching him be able to help those guys, you know, now even more so with, with synergy you know, and, and being able to clip out those swings and send it to them and, you know, uh, being able to, to match that with, with uh, you know, video and, and now, uh, hey, let's talk about this and pitch selection and, you know, counts and different things. And, you know, we, we really try to video everything all the time now. I mean, there's there's literally cameras running all the time at, at practice. And, you know, we're, we're trying to, yeah, get it out on Twitter. Uh, as you said, you follow us on Twitter. And, you know, sometimes we can uh, control that narrative, uh, right? It, it, like you said, it, it seems like everybody's 95. Like, uh, there's not. Uh, there's a lot of guys that, that really, really pitch at 85 to 88, you know, and, and some less of that. They get a ton of outs. But we had the core velocity belts, uh, you know, at, at Oklahoma Wesleyan. And uh, we didn't get them here right away because I didn't think we were ready for them. And, you know, we've since added those over the last year or so. You know, here we, we obviously have the, the, the driveline uh, stuff and the weighted bats, and we've kind of varied some of that, you know, both on the pitching side and, and the hitting side that, that fits our program the best and the plow hitting balls. I mean, I, I just kind of all the gadgets that, that you can use. And, you know, uh, we've tried really hard, like I said, to, to remain who we are and, and not become, you know, I think there's uh, it's, it's a scary world because you can become gadget oriented, right? And you can have bands hooked here and wires hooked over there and gadgets over there and, you know, all that. And you can forget that like, hey, at the end of the day, it's it's about whether or not you score runs. If it's not getting hits, you know, and, and not getting hits, but, you know, making solid contact, you know, is a big thing that we talk about. If it's not like on the barrel and, you know, and we don't have the bat uh, control to be able to, sometimes I know this is a scary thing to say out on the internet is sometimes we do have to hit a ground ball. Sometimes that that wins a game, you know. Man on third with less than two outs in the middle's back. Sometimes it's about beating a forty-seven hopper in the middle. We're not trying to because we'd love to hit a rocket head high, but you know what? If the options hit a head high rocket or you know hit a fly ball or a ground ball, if that's not our our options, not to hit a line drive, then you know what? We'll pick the ground ball to win a game. 
but making sure that guys understand, you know, the variances in your in their swing, uh, you know, and, and being able to control the bat head enough to be able to know, hey, man, the wind's blowing out 30 today. Uh, we are in Oklahoma. Uh, there's days that we got to get it in the air uh, and understand when that day is. And we all know there's days the wind blows in 30 and we can't be stubborn and hit a bunch of fly balls on the windy end day and say, well, if the wind had been blowing out, we would have won. Well, the wind was blowing in. So uh, that doesn't make that doesn't make a lot of sense. At some point, we got to figure out how to make those adjustments and how to be able to do that. So just watching the the, the technology on the mound and the technology, you know, that that, that Coach Reese and Coach Oni are able to use to, to use is is exciting. And I think our guys are excited. And I think it's helped us in recruiting. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of recruits that are excited about coming in to see that part and know that like, hey, man, they're they're going to get the best version of us they can get. Some of those guys back at Oklahoma Wesleyan. I think would have really benefited from from more cameras or synergy or the wraps of those stuff. And we coached them as well as we could uh, with what we had. Uh, and now we're changing and, and trying to coach them better, uh, A, with, with just being older and more knowledge, but also with some of that technology. And I think that's been huge for us. Oh, really, really good. And while, while you're talking about resources, you talked about uh, core velocity belt, uh, some, some different driveline stuff, synergy. Was there anything else that you – uh, would want to recommend while we're on the resource question uh, to any of our coaches, yeah, whether it's I, I, books you know, or, or anything like that. Yeah, just I mean, while I'm while I'm on, I mean, I'll go ahead. I mean, like I said, you know, we're not a paid sponsor uh, by by any stretch, but uh, the driveline. Uh, you know, people ask all the time. You know, are you guys a you guys do the driveline pitching stuff? And you know, uh, I, I laugh because you know uh, that can go both ways. My answer is yes, and my answer is no. You know, we, we use some of the plow balls uh, for warm up stuff. We we use the the Jagger bands. We 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 don't we're not a full on. We don't go through the whole driveline throwing plan, uh, but we do mix it in because I, I think there's certain things that really fit what our program needs, and I think that's tremendous. One of the the other things that I, I didn't mention that that has been huge for us is the the clean fuego balls. You know that that some of our guys that it, it, it's kind of tag team and technology a little bit is, you know, uh, we noticed that some of our guys like, you know, kind of really cut their fastball. Well, we, we wouldn't have necessarily known that uh, without the Rapsodo data to look at and go like, wait a minute, like that's kind of that's that's been really cut. And sometimes it's good to, to have the ability to cut it and and do that. And we want to keep it. But there's also times that we want to, you know, let's let's spin that thing, man, and let's get behind it and see if the velocity can go up a little bit and. Uh, so, so we went that route with the, the clean Flago, um, balls and, and we've had those guys throwing that, you know, and, and have seen that ability to like now stay behind it a little better. And the velocity has gone up a little bit because of that. You know, I think it's just how it all fits together from a resource, uh, you know, book, uh, kind of thing. I mean, I, I try to read and, and, and do a lot and, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm good about it and sometimes I'm not. Uh, but one I read a long time ago that, Probably back, I guess, when I was a, a graduate assistant at Henderson State, uh, I read the the book called Mind Gym um, by I think Gary Mack and Dave Dave or David uh, Stevens or something like that, and and it's just more about the power of the mind uh, and kind of how you it's a, it's an athletic book and uh, but it's kind of how you work your mind out and how the really the power of the mind and 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 it's how it affects your performance. Uh, and I think that's been been a big one, and I would recommend that to players because sometimes it's, you know, it, it's it's not physical, uh, you know, literally like you've got all the physical tools. It's it's just the six inches between your ears are in the way, uh, and can you go out there and 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 compete and do that? And uh, how do you get out of your own way? And how do you trust whenever it's going bad? How do you trust that hey, what we're doing is right, you know, or what I'm doing is right? Like I know it's right. I'm not seeing the result yet, but you know what, if I just keep doing what I'm, uh, what I believe in and, and what I know to be right, like I'll see those dividends uh, in the long run and, and remember that it, that it is about the long run. You know, it's not about a, a, a one week stretch, you know, like one week I was bad. Well, maybe I hit a lot of balls right at people or uh, yeah, man, I chased a lot of pitches like, okay, well, that doesn't mean your swing's bad. Like you just, you swung at the wrong pitch. Uh, so you got to be able to remember that like, hey man, my mind uh, can, can get in the way. Like, no, I just got to swing at better pitches. Uh, and I got to be able to, to, to remain positive and uh, focused on that. So I, that book's been been one that I, I just always it always comes to mind when somebody asks, what about a book? Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. It's just the one that I go back to and go like, hey, the mind gym is the one I would would tell people about. 
Well, Matt, I, I appreciate your time. And again, thank you so much for joining us today on what we have as a beautiful 72 degree day in Oklahoma, which happens about twice a year. And so I, I appreciate that. And, and I, I really do appreciate your time and your friendship. Uh, I will include some different contact details below your Twitter account and your email. Uh, but I would like to just give you the opportunity to just talk to our guests. Uh, I'm going to mute myself and, and kind of mosey out of here. But is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? No, man, I, I, you know, first of all, I tell you, thanks for having me and, and giving me the opportunity to, to come on and, and talk about, you know, Eastern baseball and, and Oklahoma Wesleyan baseball and just, you know, the, the man, I've been, I've been blessed, uh, super lucky to, to be able to do this. Like I said, that, that they pay me to coach baseball for a living. My wife, Lindsay, you know, is, is awesome. Uh, like I said, you know, she, she's allowed me to do this, uh, you know, when obviously, First, getting into this job, I certainly don't. Uh, I'm not rich now by any stretch, but uh, when I first got into it, I was making, you know, uh, a lot less. And, and coaches know what I'm going through, and uh, she supported that that dream and thought, uh, you know. And now, obviously, having Cortland and Charlie, you know, our twins at the house, uh, you know, and and them not understanding all the time yet, you know, when Dad's got to go to work and he's got to go to baseball, and uh, but they come out and and cheer like crazy, and and. Um, you know, I've been lucky that way. So I want to tell those, those, those three, thank you, uh, for allowing me to, to do this job. And, you know, then, then to listeners and all that, I, man, I, I'm, like I said, I was lucky. Um, I had small town Arkansas kid that never really wanted to have a, a, a real job, uh, never wanted to do anything other than coach baseball and, and do that. So, uh, man, if you get the opportunity and, and you're thinking about making that jump or, uh, doing whatever I would tell you to do it, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's worth it. Uh, man, I, I, there's the struggle, you know, part of it when you have to try to make ends meet and things, but it's, it, it is worth it. Uh, the other thing I would say is like, Hey, ask questions and reach out. Uh, you know, sometimes people are nervous about, um, you know, emailing that coach or, or this coach or whatever. And, you know, the, the, the only thing that, that, you know, if you're thinking about sending a message, the only thing they can do is, is not answer it. Uh, you know, but, but you'd be surprised the number of people that'll, that'll respond to things and share stuff. And, uh, the baseball community is tremendous. Uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of who I am today, uh, is, is literally nothing. Matt Parker, I don't think I've ever had an original idea of my own. Uh, it's, it's literally a combination of California Baptist University, uh, Garden City Community College, Henderson State University, where I got my master's and Lyon College, uh, where I played. And, uh, you know, I, I, some of that's good. Some of that's bad. Some of it's things I've watched other teams do that, that beat us and thought, man, I, Man, that worked. I should ask that question. And so, um, I, man, I, I don't don't hesitate to ask questions to anybody. Um, if they answer it great. If they don't answer it, that's fine too. But, um, man, I, I it is um, you know it, it is uh, one big uh, family on that side. So um, don't hesitate to reach out and ask questions to anybody and uh, try to pick it and see what it works. And then and then make it yours. You know, you can't try to be somebody else. You can't go. Well, that's what they said, and that's how they do it. And I think that's probably some things that, that we do as coaches that are, that are bad, you know, as we try to like, we get it from somebody and we try to do it just like they did it. Well, I, I'm, I'm not that coach and, and I don't have those same players and I don't have that same program and I don't have that same. Uh, so I got to like hear what they said and, and how they do it. And then I got to modify it to make it fit into my beliefs and my program and, and things like that. But um, I do appreciate your, you know, the opportunity to come on and, and uh, you know, and talk for sure. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, which can include Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it on social media to help get the word out. Once again, thank you for joining us.